Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And Gabby, we got some commitment news to break down after a busy weekend of official visits. Um, Let's just hop right into it, man. I think the big news of the weekend, obviously, Miami uh, reeling in four-star cornerback Kamari Rogers out of the state of Mississippi. Um, Gabby, how big is this, is this commitment for the Hurricanes? Man, it's a, it's a huge commitment. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, DeMarcus Van Dyke has been working on behind the scenes for a long time. Um, I just, I mean, when you think about even just DeMarcus Van Dyke as an on-field assistant landing his first commitment uh, to come from a, you know, a top two, four, seven guy, uh, arguably the top, you know, target on his personal board and to kind of lock him in on an official visit. I think it's big for him. And I think it really is kind of like foreshadowing, you know, the future of what really the cornerback position could look like under him. I think that, you know, he's shown the ability to just land these, these top talents. And David, I know you highlighted it on the, on the website and I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. But I mean, if you're going to get a first commitment as an on-field head coach, I mean, I don't know how much better it could be than Kamari Rogers, right? Yeah, great job by DeMarcus Van Dyke. Um, I think, too, an assist uh, should be credited to Jake Garcia, James Williams as well, who I think did a nice job of, of making them feel welcome at Miami. And those two guys will be most likely a big part of, of the future at Miami and, and part of the recruiting efforts with Kamari. Uh, but, yeah, you, you touched on it. Miami uh, needed to upgrade the overall talent and depth of the cornerback position. And that's, that's a big reason why some moves were made on the coaching staff uh, at, at the secondary level. Um, you know, the, the inability to just close on big time guys yeah. uh, ha- has plagued Miami over the past decade. The last top uh, or Rogers is ranked, I think 67th according to the 24 seven sports composite. Uh, or I'm sorry, 61st. And uh, that is the highest, if that ranking holds, he will be the highest ranked addition at the cornerback position by Miami since five-star Tracy Howard in the 2012 class. So, um, you know, Miami hasn't necessarily recruited the cornerback level at an elite level, I should say. Uh, Since 2012, Miami's only signed three corners that rank inside the top 100, according to the composite ranking. Tracy Howard, of course, Al Blades Jr., 
and then Artie Burns. Uh, we're we're all top 100 guys, and Blades and Burns barely top 100, just sneaking in there at 97th and 98th in the country, respectively. So uh, this is a big one, just from a perception standpoint as well. Um, what do you like? What type of player? do you think Kamari Rogers is as a cornerback? What's his style of play, Gabby? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think he's just, I mean, I think he's kind of like, you know, I think he's like an outside corner guy, guy that you can put, you know, out there to cover the other team's best wide receiver. Like, you know, I saw him do it on the seven-on-seven seven circuit, and, you know, he was really, really impressive, you know. Like, I mean, just kind of looking back, I remember at that Battle Miami tournament, uh, he was one of the few guys, I mean, I haven't seen Jalen Brown, the top, the 2023 uh, number two ranked wide receiver in the country. I haven't seen many people cover him uh, successfully. You know, I've watched him a lot. I think the guy that I saw cover Jalen Brown better than anybody else throughout the seven on seven circuit was Kamari Rogers. And that was like the first time I really even discovered like who he was and all that stuff. And, you know, he, that was one of the things that really stuck with me. You know, I think he's a guy that, you know, just really has just a natural ability to cover. Um, you know, he does have the speed to kind of hang around with anybody and, you know, I think he's just kind of, he's kind of like a quiet kid, like a very mild mannered kid. And then you kind of get him on that field and you see him chirping a little bit. You kind of see that extra, you know, that extra juice come out of him. So, you know, I think Miami's getting just a really, really strong corner that's going to be able to do a lot of different things for them. And, you know, I think it's an absolutely huge addition. Yeah. Guy, I think he kind of compares to at the NFL level is Jair Alexander of the Packers. Yeah. Uh, not, both those guys, not necessarily the biggest guys, uh, but they are very fluid in their hips. They break on the ball very well. They're aggressive when they need to be. They're physical against the run when they need to be. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Kamari has number one cornerback potential. Um, still has to bulk up, get bigger in, in a college level strength program. Um, and so that, that kind of transitions to my next question for you, Gabby, with Kamari, you know, he is a highly rated guy, number 61 overall in the country, according to the composite. Do you think it is fair to expect him to be a part of the playing rotation as a true freshman in 2022? Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, he is kind of thin, you know, I know they measured him at the future 50, a 5'11 and a half, 155. I mean, I think to see, I think if he is going to contribute in 2022, um, I mean, I think ideally he would be an early enrollee, which I think he would have to be. Yeah. Um, and then I think he would have to just really just do a really good job in like his first few months on campus of just like putting on weight and all that stuff. Um, I mean, you have to also consider who Miami might lose after the 2021 season. I feel like right. Tyree Stevenson is probably the most likely to leave, uh, you know, with the way DJ Ivy sort of looks and how he kind of just like fits like the, you know, he just kind of fits the bill of what an, the NFL is kind of looking for in a cornerback. I, you could also see him taking a step up, you know, under DeMarcus Van Dyke and under T-Rob this year. You know, he could potentially be a guy that leaves. Uh, Al Blades, all you know, is eligible to leave. And again, maybe a strong year. So, you know, he could find his way into the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, to just say he walked, like, let's say he was a summer enrollee and just walked onto campus. I mean, I wouldn't be super sure about how ready he would be off the bat just based on like his frame, because I do think he's on the smaller side. Yeah. And like you said, I think it depends on who is still on campus, right? Like, let's say you mentioned those guys, Tyreek, DJ, uh, Ivy, and Al Blades Jr. 
if all three of them, this is probably unlikely, right? But if all three of them have good enough seasons where they uh, can move on to the NFL and future their careers at that level, then I think you're, you're talking about there being a big opportunity uh, for Kamari to, to step in and play right away in a big role um, because then the, the, the quarterback position is looking like to Corey Couch, who would probably be the top guy, right? Uh, then you have Marcus Clark, Isaiah Dunson, and Malik Curtis, who for the large part are, are relatively unknowns at this stage of their careers. Um, and so, yeah, Kamari, if, if that is the scenario that happens, uh, it would probably boil down to his ability to add good weight, get stronger, get to that physical level that's needed at the, at, in college uh, to perform at a consistent basis. Um, but before we move on from, from Kamari Rogers talk, Gabby, uh, let me ask you this. So, you know, getting a guy, uh, a top 100 recruit out of the state of Mississippi is extremely rare for any yeah. team outside of the sec. Um, the last time it happened was in 2017 when Cam Akers signed with Florida state, um, uh, in that recruiting cycle since then, I think it's like 12 guys, uh, from 2018 to 20, uh, 2021 who have ranked inside the top 100, uh, that have signed with an sec program. Uh, is it fair to assume now I do think, you know, Kamari is locked in at this stage, uh, but you know how things go, right. Um, is it fair to say Miami's going to have to keep, essentially recruiting Kamari, uh, even though he is a committed guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, you know, again, just being in sec territory, there's no doubt that, you know, he's probably going to get home from this, you know, Miami visit committed and all that stuff. And there's going to be a lot of people, you know, kind of wondering, or just maybe even, you know, you, you got to look at Ole Miss, like what's Ole Miss thinking right now, you know, Lane Kiffin's not just going to back off because, you know, he committed to Miami. I feel like some of these schools might even just turn it up now just knowing that, you know, there is a guy in SEC country that is headed down to Miami. So, I mean, I think Miami, uh, you know, fully intends on continuing to recruit Kamari. They're not just going to be like, all right, man, you're on board. So we'll talk to you and yeah, here, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations. I think there's going to be in in a sense, maybe not treat him like he is uncommitted, but you know, I think there's always going to be that constant, just maybe just constant reminders that like, you know, he's wanted here, try to get him down as much as possible you know, whether that be official visits during the season or just any time that, you know, the family has a minute to come down. And of course, you know, now coaches will be able to travel in, in the, in the fall and all that stuff, you know, go to his games and constantly just kind of be there and stuff, because I think he has to be, you know, one of your more, most important, you know, recruits this cycle, regardless of position, just kind of, you know, based on all the things we've said, the fact they didn't really sign a true corner uh, in 2021. So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. And I think Miami's going to, you know, have, they're going to have to continue to battle and fight off some programs. And there's still a lot of time left, you know, on the calendar, like still plenty right. of dates left that they have to get through. So, you know, before signing day and, you know, any program can turn it up anytime and could always make, make things interesting. So I think Miami did a really good job up to this point, huge that they got their commitment, his commitment. But again, you got to kind of stay on these guys, you know, being, you know, given the facts, the facts that you just kind of stated. Yeah. In addition to, you know, staying on them from a recruiting standpoint, you got to do your part on the field as well, win some Definitely. games to, to hold on to a guy like Kamari Rogers. So uh, that'll be interesting to follow. Kamari wasn't the only uh, commitment to break over the weekend. 
uh, Sunday evening, early Sunday evening, Landon Idieta, the three-star wide receiver out of the state of Louisiana, decided to announce his pledge to the Hurricanes. Um, you know, Landon is not necessarily the highest-rated player uh, in the country, but he is. He's been extremely productive, and anyone who's ever seen him. Uh, has come away impressed by him, including you, Gabby. Um, so I just want to start this discussion on Landon by asking you the open question of, do you like the take? I do. I mean, I, I think he's a good player. Uh, I know Rob Likens was was really intrigued by him. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, he had heard from multiple people, multiple different people that were not really related in any sense, kind of bring him, bring Landon Ibieta to his attention. So I know that he's someone that, you know, he was really just kind of like intrigued and interested in just getting his eyes on and just kind of sizing up and all that stuff uh, once he got on for his official visit. And then, you know, I, I'm a fan of his game. I mean, you turn on the seven on seven tape and it's, it's spectacular. You know, what he was able to do at Battle Miami, uh, he left as one of the top performers of the day in an absolutely loaded event, you know, just of the weekend and everything. And he's on a big time team too with, you know, an LSU wide receiver committing to Goldus Crawford. Shaz Preston, who has multiple, multiple high-level Power 5 options. And, you know, Landon Ibieta, for a lot of that tournament, was the best wide receiver on that team. So, um, you know, I think what, what he's been, kind of been able to do, and, you know, he's not going to – he's probably not going to test extremely well. He's not going to wow you, you know, with the eye test and all that stuff. But I just think ultimately he's a productive guy. And, uh, you know, I know Rob, Rob Likens, you know, just is a fan. I know Miami really liked his game. And, you know, they were willing to, you know, kind of bring him in and, you know, kind of accept his commitment and all that stuff. So, you know, I think that they have a plan. And re realistically, you know, IBF is probably the floor of the what they hope is a strong receiver class, you know, right. especially with a 2023 class that's absolutely loaded, had like coming up, like, you know, right on deck. So, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. And uh, I think he's a good player, honestly. I really do. Yeah. And I I get it. Uh, you know, if some fans are scratching their heads on this Definitely. one, um, because if, if you're just going to look at it in a vacuum, right, maybe you're, you're kind of wondering why would Miami take this guy, but like you were alluding to, right. I think you look at last year's class, the 2021 class, I think Miami added three, uh, big time, highly talented guys at receiver. You project forward to 2023, uh, it's an absolutely loaded group in South Florida and around the country, quite frankly. It's just a really deep wide receiver year. Um, and so, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a guy like Landon, who, like you said, kind of has a high floor. Uh, you know what to expect from him. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, and, and nothing wrong with adding those type of guys uh, to the wide receiver room. Um, that are going to, you know, continue to work hard at their craft. But let's let's break down just his style of play, Gabby. Um, you've seen him. What does what does Landon do well? If you're going to discuss his top trait, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a I think he's a strong route runner. Uh, you know, I think that he, you know, has I think he's just very aware of just like kind of how to manage the space that he's in. I think he does a really good job of you know fighting for the football, kind of high pointing the football, coming down with it. Uh, just kind of being a sure-handed guy. I think he's sort of like, I look at him and I just view him as like a technician, you know, I feel like he's a guy that just really understands the position well. And I think he has sneaky like athleticism. I think he's able to, you know, do a lot with the football after the catch. I know that's a, a trait that Rob Likens really values is, you know, what are you going to do after like once the ball is in your hands? 
And, you know, I think that he does have that sort of sneaky speed and sneaky sort of agility where he's able to sort of make people miss. But I also think he has the strength to kind of go up with guys and just kind of, you know, just beat them for the football. And I just think that, uh, you know, I also think, you know, where he is mentality, I know he's a grinder. Like, you know, I talked to him last night after he committed, he was saying like, you know, he saw guys getting extra work and that was something that was big for him because, you know, that's the type of guy he is. Like he constantly just wants to be putting in the extra work and getting better. So, you know, he's going to be just like a gritty grinder type of guy that is going to come in there, put his nose, just put his nose down and just work. And I think that's a, I also think that's a a trait of his that Miami really values. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I'm going to compare him, I mean, maybe it's lazy doing the white guy comparison to the white guy thing. <laughs> uh, but but he kind of reminds me of like a Hunter Renfro type, yeah. um, you know, from Clemson back in the day a little bit. Uh, similar size. Uh, Landon just on tape, you know, it's clear that he's a hand catcher. Like he can catch everything extremely well away from his body, right? Uh, catching the ball is not an issue with him. And, you know, quite frankly, Miami fans know that that has been an issue with UM receivers here the last, what, two years at least. Um, So that's a nice change. He's not necessarily the most athletic guy like Hunter, uh, but kind of understands how to get open, how to change speeds and and create separation that way. And, you know, look, I I think the Hunter Renfro thing is is a best case scenario, right? Uh, But that is a quality player. Uh, You know, Hunter Renfro play, he, he averaged, basically 500 yards every season he was at Clemson and he was a tremendous compliment to guys on the outside that he played with at Clemson guys like Mike Williams, Justin Ross, T Higgins. Um, And so, you know, if Miami can add talented uh, wide receivers on the outside around a land in Ibieta, that certainly will help him produce at a higher level too. and, And being that kind of dependable guy out of the slot, um, is it fair to say that's how you think he fits in this offense as a slot receiver? Yeah, definitely. I think that that's a good spot for him. And David, just going like to the player comp, like I saw a poster uh, compare him to like, I don't know if you guys remember, you guys might remember because Miami played Toledo twice, but uh, Cody Thompson, he was yeah. uh, again, another just again, just stereotypical white guy comparison. I, I don't think that that's a, a terrible comp either. I think he was six one, like two Oh five. And, you know, put up, crazy numbers at Toledo. So, you know, I think that that's a, a, another half decent comp, I guess, you know, a just high average yards per catch type of guy. And uh, again, not saying he's going to put up those like G five, you know, hot ton of numbers, but I think the play style is pretty similar. And uh, you know, I could see, I, I, I saw some things after, you know, throwing on Cody Thompson's tape and just be like, okay, like, you know, that could potentially be something that I, I can dig. And, you know, just again, just a guy, again, you mix him in with some other guys in there, Romello Brinson's, the Jacoby George's, you know, potentially a Jaden Gibson type or an Isaiah Horton, the bigger body guys that Miami definitely wants to go around, go after and stuff. And then of course you have the Elijah Arroyo, who's going to be a, a threat in the passing game too. So, you know, I definitely think he's a nice change of pace guy, a slot guy that could yeah. potentially really help Miami down the road. Yeah. And in this Rhett Lashley offense, right. Receivers are going to get a ton of one-on-one opportunities against cornerbacks. Uh, we saw it last year at, you know, Miami, the quarterback, uh, if he, if Derek King sees a wide receiver with a one-on-one opportunity downfield, he is going to throw him the ball. And then it's up to the receiver to come down with the ball. And unfortunately from Miami perspective, uh, those plays couldn't be capitalized with consistency. 
And so adding a guy like Landon who excels at, at making those contested catches, in my opinion, that's kind of the biggest reason why he is in this class. Cause he is a guy that comes down with those contested catches makes, you know, he's very good at, at timing his jumps uh, to attack the ball at the high point. He's very good at stacking wide receipt or stacking DBs, um, you know, when running downfield and, and trying to come down with those type of balls. So, uh, you know, I like the take, uh, Miami still needs to, to continue to add top, top talent at that wide receiver group. And, and so we'll see if we get it done, uh, before we take a break here and discuss the other official visitors, Gabby, I want to pick your brain on if you think this means anything with Miami's other wide receiver commit Quan Lee, who, you know, I, I believe he told you, right. That he was totally shutting down his recruitment locked in with Miami, um, and then, you know, as the weekend approached, uh, it, it turned out that he took an official visit to UCF. Um, do you think there's any correlation here between Quan Lee continuing to take visits and Miami taking a commitment from Landon Ibieta? I mean, I, I feel like it's hard not to see some sort of correlation there. Um, I mean, Quan Lee, yeah, he did tell me that he was shutting it down and then you know, rumors started sort of swirling that he was going to, you know, officially visit UCF. Uh, Quan Lee actually reached out to me and told me, he's like, you know, I feel like I jumped the gun a little bit uh, by saying I was going to shut it down. So, I mean, I just feel like, I feel like Manny Diaz has said in the past too, like, you know, if, if you're looking, we're looking. And, you know, sure. uh, I feel like, you know, Miami was bringing in another wide receiver. Quan Lee officially visited with three other wide receivers, like, you know, had another one coming in. Like Miami was not just going to, shut things down too if he was just going to keep looking and when they saw an opportunity with Landon Abieta again they liked the kind of guy he was and you know when he wanted in I mean I don't think they were really in a position to to just say no and uh, you know I feel like Quan Lee's been pretty active you know just pretty vocal about the fact that he wants to take all his visits and all that stuff and you know if you're Miami you have to think that you know if he's doing all these things there is a chance that you know he could potentially decide to go elsewhere at any time so you know if this is a chance for you to to land the guy that you feel like could help your, your team. I don't think they're in any position to say no. Yeah. Uh, I like Juan Lee's, I, I like Juan Lee's talent, right? Yeah. Uh, he's slight. I would view him as slightly more talented than Landon. Um, but, but the question I have for you, Gabby, like from my perspective, I don't know if Miami needs both of them in this yeah. class. Do you agree with that? I do. I, I mean, I just feel like, again, like I just know Miami's trying to go after more length. Like they want to get, bigger, taller guys, uh, you know, just bigger body type of guys. And, you know, if you're going to go and take, you know, potentially five eleven, six foot footer, and then again, a, a second one of those guys, when you're trying to bring in three wide receivers, I'm not exactly sure if that's what Miami would prefer to do, you know, given just right. kind of like what I've been able to gather about what the plan is at the wide receiver position. So I, I, I mean, I get, they could, you know, if they really wanted to, I guess they could, but I definitely, I, I, I found the fact that they took Landon Ibieta to sort of be like, I'm, I'm not sure if both of these guys end up, you know, in Miami's class in December or in February or whenever they decide to sign. Yeah. It'll be interesting to follow. We're not out here predicting anything yeah. in terms of Quan Lee at this stage, uh, but, but it is, I think it is something to discuss and keep an eye on here in the future, especially if Quan decides to take more visits, which, you know, he has every right to, um, do that definitely um so let's take a break and after the break we will discuss some 
some things we've heard, I guess, from, from Miami's other official visitors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back. And Gabby, let's jump into it. Uh, so Miami landed two commitments. I should note, I guess, uh, over the weekend, they jumped from number 68, I guess, overall in the team rankings and they now are at 48 with four commitments. So still have work to do, but good that they did jump uh, that much, you know, primarily due to the, the addition of Kamari Rogers. Um, I guess the, but outside of those commitments, the other noteworthy uh, tidbit to come out of the weekend was that Miami was feeling good about Nick Cole, the safety out of Georgia uh, that visited over the weekend. And uh, I think some crystal balls were logged as well. What, what do we know about Nick Cole and what's going on there with Miami? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, Nick Cole's someone that, you know, those guys in Miami view as a potential like safety nickel type, uh, probably not ready to label him as a striker. I'm not exactly sure that's exactly where they view him. But I know uh, Travaris Robinson is someone that, that really likes him. And, you know, just all signs, you know, coming out of the visit are are really positive, just kind of, you know, and just Miami feeling good about, you know, where they kind of stand with him, how they, you know, the move that they were kind of potentially able to make with him too. And so, you know, I think he's, he might go and officially visit one more school and probably make a decision on July 12th. You know, that's when he told me that he's planning on making his college uh, commitment. So, you know, early July could be a pretty busy time for Miami fans, but I mean, I think, uh, I think Nick Cole, you know, if he were to end up choosing Miami is a, I mean, I, I mean, turn on the tape. Like I had to watch yeah. it again just to kind of make sure. And I was just like, Oh man, like this kid, you know, plays, he plays running back at his school, you know, just seems really instinctive, you know, as a safety, just kind of like, you know, just kind of finding his way through blockers and all that stuff and just kind of making strong tackles. Like I was really, really impressed with, you know, what he was able to put on tape and then, you know, you can also find clips of him playing basketball and you're just like, man, this kid is a, this kid's a, a big time athlete. And when you kind of just like watch all those things together and then again, just kind of go back and turn on the tape, you're like, okay, this kid could probably be something, be something really special if, you know, he were to, you know, be in the right system and all that. And I know he's a guy Miami likes. So I think that's definitely an intriguing name to know coming out of the weekend that maybe we weren't maybe highlighting as much as some others going into it. Yeah, it definitely seems like Miami's kind of the team to beat there coming out of that official visit weekend. Like you said, Nick Cole does everything for his high school team. It seems like he plays a little running back. I think he plays even a little bit of quarterback, uh, plays in the box as a safety, plays as an outside corner on an island, will play as a deep safety as well. And yeah, not necessarily the biggest guy, 
uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily have elite traits in terms of athleticism. Uh, but you watch the highlight tape and the thing that stands out is his physicality. And I do know that that's one area that T-Rob thinks uh, Miami's DB room in general needs to improve. He wants those, he wants a more physical room. Um, and so Nick Cole, if Miami was able to land his commitment would definitely help in that regard. Um, let's move on to Anthony Lucas, who I think, you know, is, is definitely a guy that Miami fan base is highly intrigued about for numerous reasons. Uh, very talented. Uh, you, you were able to catch up with him here, uh, after his visit to UM Gabby and, and what did, what kind of vibe did you get from speaking with him? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I felt like the visit went as well as it could have gone again. Like I know he was saying his dad, you know, his dad went to UM, his dad was feeling nostalgic, all that stuff. You know, he seemed to have really gelled with a lot of the players and stuff. Uh, he was hosted by Zach McLeod and kind of just, you don't, again, you don't see that a lot, but you know, the veteran kind of was talking to him about, you know, how much the culture has really changed at UM, you know, since he got there his freshman year and all that stuff and how that this is a place that, you know, is really getting ready to kind of take off and, I know that, you know, he kind of left feeling better about Miami than maybe he did when he came in. And again, just like, you know, Jess Simpson was, was able to make a big impression on him. He was able to watch tape with him. You know, he really liked Manny Diaz and kind of like, you know, the way that he kind of goes about his business and all that stuff. You know, he wants to play defensive end. He calls himself an edge guy, despite, you know, maybe looking more like a probably a, a, a true defensive lineman, like an interior guy. And so, you know, having Jalen Phillips and uh, Greg Russo go in the first round is definitely a big deal for him. What I found most, most interesting, he's taking all five official visits like this month. He's already been to Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oregon, Miami now, and then he'll be at Alabama. You know, he's also going to take a couple unofficials to LSU and Florida State, but he's not planning on making a decision to like after the college football season. And that's because he does want to see how all of these teams perform in 2021. So you know, I think that Miami, you know, knows, I feel like even before this, they know how important winning this coming fall is. Uh, I think that this is a really, really big year for them. And, you know, what they do on Saturdays is really, really going to matter. And really, I feel like going to almost dictate, you know, how strong that this class could potentially be because, you know, a 10-win a season, uh, potentially a trip to the ACC title game, I think would go a really, really long way and showing recruits that, you know, Miami really is turning the corner and kind of like on the cusp of, you know, doing something big in not only in the ACC, but, you know, nationally too. Another guy who I think, you know, as of right now is planning to kind of wait and see how some seasons go is Miami central linebacker, Wesley Besaint. Um, I know he's been rather elusive, right. Uh, since his official visit in terms of getting up with him uh, for an interview, Gabby, but, have you heard anything about how it went with him? Uh, is there any update you, you have to share with Wesley? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming things went well. I mean, I haven't really heard a lot from Wesley, but, you know, I, I don't – I'm just kind of assuming and just knowing how he feels about Miami. Um, I mean, I don't think that it could have gone very poorly. It seems like it was a very successful weekend based on, you know, all the conversations I've basically had with everybody else. Um, I don't see how or why it would have been any different uh, for Wesley. I, 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 I'm not really super surprised that, you know, he's deciding to maybe wait a little bit longer on a decision. I feel like that's kind of always been his course of action and how he's kind of planned to do things. 
Um, I also wouldn't be super surprised if that eventually changed and he did decide to make a decision sooner. Um, but you know, I, I, I can't, like, I haven't caught up with him personally, not exactly sure why, um, that hasn't happened, but I'm still going to kind of continue working the phones and see if I can, if I can get a hold of him, because, uh, that's, that's obviously one of Miami's biggest targets. And, you know, I think that, I think that Miami feels again, really good about where they, where they kind of stand with him. Uh, Penn State, West Virginia have gotten official visits as well. Might just be wanting to kind of just maybe take things slower now that he's kind of taken three official visits and all that. So we'll we'll see how it goes here in the coming days and weeks and stuff. I'm sure we'll have something on him soon. I want to ask you this fr- from a strategic standpoint uh, in terms of bringing a guy like Wesley who likely is going to go the distance in terms of making a commitment, you know, probably going to go late into the cycle. Uh, would, would you have rather seen Miami bring him in during the fall or do you think it's okay that they brought him in during the summer and they could just have him pop by on unofficial visits throughout the fall whenever he wants? Yeah. I mean, I think it was good. I feel like, you know, these summer official visits are kind of like a thing right now. Um, I think maybe ideally you bring him in, in the, in the fall. It seems like that's when a lot of like the local guys, like, you know, if they're going to do official visits with some of these local guys, it feels like it's probably going to be during the fall, but you know, I'm not super mad about like, you know, them bringing him in in the summer. I think it makes a lot of sense considering how he was stacking the other visits on top of each other. Again, you know, he was at Miami for an unofficial visit during the week too. So I'm not like, you know, I feel like he can just kind of come in. He can go to any game he wants basically, you know, not living super far from the stadium and all that type of stuff. And he, again, he can come in anytime he wants. So, um, you know, not, not super upset about the summertime official visit. I, I get that that's kind of like the wave this summer. And I know that's not typical of any other cycle, but just kind of given the circumstances and how everything's opened up, I don't think you want him spending a weekend in West Virginia and then a weekend, you know, at Penn state. And then just kind of being like, you know, Hey, you know, we'll kind of have you whenever you want to come. You know, I think it was, I think it was important that, you know, Miami kind of got him down and showed him like, you know, how they kind of feel about him and all that stuff. So I don't necessarily want to talk about every single guy that visited. So I'll let you pick which one you want to talk about next. Andrew Shambly, Ja'Cory Thomas, uh, any, any other guy you want to highlight specifically? Um, we can go, let's go with Chambly. I think Chambly is just an interesting name. Like I know we've talked about Ja'Cory Thomas uh, before just because he has already vi- officially visited Miami. I'm not, I'm sorry, not officially visited, but he's, he, was, he spent two days at Miami. Uh, Chambly, I think is an interesting one, man. Uh, you know, I think that, man, I, I just think Miami's doing a, lot, a good job with a lot of these offensive linemen. And, you know, I know I talked to him just before his, I think it was like the night he got into, into Miami and he was saying like, you know, mom and dad, you know, basically still really want him home in Arkansas. He is an Arkansas commit. So, you know, they weren't really sure how they were feeling there, but I mean, I talked to him yesterday on Sunday and, you know, he said his parents felt a lot better you know, about Miami, you know, after taking the official visit with him, you know, I know that he, he had a lot of really good things to say about coach justice, you know, talking, just saying that he's like a, a really good teacher and that he's going to teach and all that stuff. And that he trusts that, you know, he's a guy that really knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, he has officially visited Oklahoma state and he, I think he's going to officially visit Michigan state this weekend and then kind of hopes to kind of go back home and figure out like if he's going to stick with Arkansas or potentially open things back up. But I think if he does choose to open things back up, I, I really feel like Miami is going to be one of those schools that's going to be right in the mix of things 
you know, just kind of based on every, just kind of the vibe that I got from him. So, you know, big, you know, six foot six, you know, probably close to 300 pounds offensive lineman, again, sort of SEC country being from Arkansas and an, an SEC commit, you know, committed to Sam Pittman, who is one of the, who is an offensive line guy. So pretty interesting that he's even kind of considering it. He kind of seemed more open to kind of wanting to leave the country and maybe exploring and seeing something else. And I know Miami was, was a place that, you know, he was excited to see. And then that also made a really big impression on him after kind of seeing it also. I think that's definitely a situation to watch as a, you know, he maybe works towards a final decision on what he's going to do. So of the guys that visited, uh, would you say if you were to pick which guy might be the next to commit, you know, outside of obviously Landon and uh, Kamari, would you go with Nick Cole? Yeah, I would go with Nick Cole. Uh, I, I would feel probably pretty good about Nick Cole being the next guy uh, out of that group, at least to to commit to Miami. I think that right. I think that things are trending in the right direction there. So that's probably who I'd go with. And let's talk about, I guess on starting Monday, we're recording this Monday afternoon, but I think today a couple of guys, the Henderson twins, uh, right? Uh, Jakari Damari, do I have that right? Yeah, Jakari and Damari. They, from Sanford Seminole, uh, are on their official visits here um, starting today. Uh, What do you make of that uh, news? I think it's, I think it's a big deal. I know that these, these two guys, again, aren't going to, they're not going to blow you away with their star rating. You know, they're on, on all that, diff, all that type of stuff, but these are two guys that people in Coral Gables are very, very high on. Uh, I know DeMarcus Van Dyke, those types of guys, Forrest Robinson really, really like the Henderson twins. They wouldn't be bringing them in for an official visit otherwise. And so, you know, I think that these are two guys that they could potentially see being additions to the class. You know, Jakari is, uh, you know, is the cornerback. Damari is the safety. Um, you know, both these guys are athletic freaks, honestly, like just really, 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 really athletic. I mean, they, I believe they qualified for the USA junior Olympic team um, in basketball have like legit division one basketball offers. I believe football is probably going to be their next, like their next journey. I, I don't think they're going to play basketball at the next level, but just two ridiculous guys that have like highlight real dunks and alley-oops and stuff, just like, can jump out of the gym type of guys and, you know, have both really, really impressed, you know, throughout again, seven on seven with, with Seminole and just kind of what they've been able to do is, is just honestly really, really impressive. Both were on a, the 8A state champs, uh, highest classification in Florida. Again, I know that these are two guys Miami really, really like, so I think it's pretty big that, that they get them on campus. Yeah. And they're an example in recruiting, right. Of, you know, not necessarily looking at them through the prism of what they are now, but in the through the prism of what they can be in two three years, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Just like again, these guys are pretty green in terms of just like being full, like you know, football players. Uh, you know, again, they do have that basketball background. So again, just knowing what they can do athletically and all that stuff, and who they can be again with under Travaris Robinson and Demarcus Van Dyke. Who you know, I mean, T. Rob obviously has been. He has a very proven track record of what he's been able to do with with defensive backs and DeMarcus Van Dyke, a guy that, you know, again, Miami's really high on Manny Diaz really trust to be able to develop and kind of, you know, learn under Travars Robinson and then also be able to kind of develop, you know, those types of corners. So, I mean, when I think if you're projecting two or three years with the Henderson twins, uh, I think you have to feel pretty excited about what they could potentially be 
And, you know, especially again, just kind of giving them, just putting them in the situation where they're going to have time to develop and, you know, grow and not saying that they're going to be instant superstars, but you know, what they can do just naturally is, is something that not a lot of people can do. And at cornerback, again, just with kind of the way college football is going and, or just defensive back in general, you know, those are very, very valuable traits that they kind of possess. Yeah. I know T Rob, when, when he talks about recruiting, right. And, and what he looks for in defensive backs, he wants guys that have length, uh, that have athleticism and that have ball skills. And, and I think the Hendersons have a ton of length. They have, you know, it looks like they have long wingspans for their frames at six foot. Uh, they're very athletic. Like you're saying, very bouncy guys, uh, fast guys. And then the ball skills, you know, you would assume, uh, with their basketball background that, um, ball skills aren't necessarily a concern for them, uh, at defensive back. So I'm with you. I'm intrigued by them long-term, um, you know, that they, they probably need some seasoning at, at the college level. So, you know, two, two, three years down the road, let's see what they look like, but the potential I think is great. Um, let's talk about to Markeith Williams, who, is a four-star safety out of the Orlando area, Orlando Evans, I believe high school. Um, He was scheduled to come in this weekend. Didn't make it this weekend. Then there was some buzz that he might join the Henderson twins uh, for the official visit that started Monday. You got some word Gabby that he didn't make it for that either. Correct. Yeah. So it's just the Henderson twins that are in, you know, for their official visit right now. Like you mentioned, David, there was some buzz, but, uh, it turns out that it's just those two guys. So no Markeith Williams, um, not super sure what exactly that means. You know, if the, right. he could easily reschedule to next weekend. Um, I'm not sure that there's a, a ton to really make of this right now, but you know, one thing I will say is that I know that Miami is very, you know, I know they really like Damari Henderson too. So, you know, if let's say they're not going to, I feel like the twins, I feel, I feel like it's pretty safe to say that they're, it's very likely that they're a package deal. So I think if Miami did elect to take the two or if the two decided that they wanted to play at Miami and they just everyone just moved forward with that, I do believe that, you know, Travaris Robinson is comfortable with Damari Henderson being at least one of the safeties that they did that they took, you know, if that were to be this, the case. So, you know, I feel like let's say Markeith Williams didn't reschedule and all that stuff and it just kind of turned out that he was looking elsewhere. I think Miami is still feeling pretty good about the safety board. And, uh, you know, where they kind of stand with the, with the Hendersons and with a couple other guys as well. So if we're just kind of reading the tea leaves as as things kind of stand right now, uh, I'm going to throw out this out there, like what the defensive back class might look like at this stage. And you can push back or tell me to pump the brakes, uh, or agree Gabby. But, um, so right now it's, it's mainly looking like at corner, uh, Kamari's in the boat, right? He's committed. Um, Chris Graves, I think Miami still feels good there, even though he's, he just visited LSU. Um, I think things are trending well for the Hendersons. So I'll put Jakari Henderson in that cornerback group, uh, safety. If Jakari is at cornerback, I'm going to put Damari at, at the other safety spot. And then I think Nick Cole is, is another safety. So that's five DBs. And then I think if, if Miami kind of gets those guys in the boat this summer, uh, you, you keep taking swings at top guys like uh, Kamari Wilson, 
the five-star out of IMG Academy and keep taking swings at Jaheim Singletary, uh, the five-star cornerback out of Jacksonville who is committed to Ohio State right now. Um, did you feel like I – and, you know, that means Jacoby Spells probably ends up at West Virginia. Uh, I'm not saying Miami's conceding anything there, but uh, just kind of reading the tea leaves again. W- would you push back on any of any of that I just laid out? No, definitely not. But I, I would definitely just def- uh, just note that, you know, Jacoby Spells is, de- again, is someone that they really want. And, you know, I know that, you know, they would love to have him in the class. And right. again, just because they're bringing in Jakari and they're bringing in Damari Henderson and all that stuff, uh, doesn't mean that they don't feel like they're going to get Jacoby spells. Or again, like what you said, David, like they're conceding Jacoby spells to West Virginia. But I do think that, you know, you have to, again, like, well, kind of like we were talking about with Quan Lee, you know, if you're looking, we're looking. So Miami's constantly evaluating all their options and, you know, the Henderson twins are very much options for Miami, uh, honestly, regardless of, of what Jacoby spells wants to do. Cause I know that like, again, I don't want to make it seem like they were at the June 1st cookout. They were, they they were there and they look great, honestly. And I I don't, I don't want to make it seem like, Oh, Jakari, like the Hendersons would be a, a constellation prize of sorts. If my, if Miami missed on Jacoby spells, like I think Miami is very, very comfortable taking Jakari Henderson and Damari Henderson, regardless of what, really any of these two guys, like I know that they like them that much. So, you know, I, again, I think you have to mix in Jacoby spells and because I know that he's someone that they really want, but if let's say he were to pick West Virginia, which is, you know, that's how things have been trending here in the recent weeks. Um, you know, I know that Jakari Henderson is a guy that they feel fully comfortable to move forward with. If, you know, if again, if that worked out for both parties. All right. So, Let's wrap this thing up, Gabby. Uh, great conversation again. Uh, it is Paradise Camp Week, as crazy as that is this month of June. Gabby, you're doing a great job, man. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've covered recruiting in some capacity now for what, 14 years or so. This is the most intense June, uh, one of the most intense months period of recruiting. You're doing a great job. How, how are you feeling? The stamina is still good? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel, I feel like I'm in stride right now. You know, I feel like a, a marathon runner. Okay. And, uh, I'm just I'm just cruising right now, honestly. Just uh, it, it's been fun. I have just speaking of paradise, uh, I do have a, li- a running list of guys. Uh, I've probably Perfect. sent out like 300 text messages or DMs or anything over the past few days. So I do have a, a, a strong group of guys. I want to finalize a couple things, dot a couple eyes cross a couple T's, all that type of stuff before I get it up there. But uh, I just know that I have that in the works and I should get that up at some point this week. Probably all right, guys. Week. So we will dive into Paradise Camp in the next podcast and uh, appreciate all you guys listening. Keep checking out InsideTheU.com. Uh, appreciate all our listeners, all our subscribers, all our readers. Uh, take care, guys. Later. <laughs> <laughs>